Thank you for tuning in to the Hope Community Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Hello, Hope Community family, extended family. Thank you for being here on this special day. Happy Father's Day to all you rad dads out there. I'm glad that you could uh, spend this day with us. I've got my rad dad shirt on and uh, we're glad that you can hang out with us. If you haven't already, please share this with your friends and family. You can share this through Messenger. You can also share it to your page. We just want to get the message of hope out there as far as we possibly can. It has been an awesome uh, few months. Uh, with what has been taking place on social media with our church, and we are excited that we are able to connect with homes really all over the world. And you have helped us with that by sharing uh, these messages, these services. So please, if you could, take a few moments, hit that share button, and um, let's get the message of hope out today. Um, We are... Uh, at the beginnings of our summer adventure through the Gospel of Luke. And we're reading the Gospel of Luke so we can look at um, the story of Jesus, we can hear the good news of the Gospel again, and learn how to apply it to real life. Because that's that's really where uh, the rubber meets the road, so to speak. It, the good news isn't really good news until it applies to your life. And so we just don't want to to talk about this. We just don't want it to be fluff. We don't want this to be, you know, not practical. We want this to be real. And so by going through the book of Luke, we can see how how the good news actually speaks to real life scenarios in our neighborhoods and with the people that we connect with. Um, So we read Luke 3 and 4 this past week. Your homework for next week is to read 5 and 6. Um, if you're not caught up, it's not... It, seriously, these chapters are short. You can do 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6 all in one week. And I encourage you to do so. Don't get caught behind. Stay with us. Learn with us. Walk with us through these uh, so we can be refreshed in this season, okay? So, but uh, we read 3 and 4 this past week, and... Uh, We're just going to dig into chapter 4 today, um, starting with verse 14, okay? Jesus returned to Galilee, powerful in the Spirit. Remember that, that phrase right there, powerful in the Spirit. News that he was back spread through the countryside. He taught in the meeting places to everyone's acclaim and pleasure. He came to Nazareth where he... Uh, where he had been uh, reared or where he grew up. And as he always did on the Sabbath, he went to the meeting place. And when he stood up to read, he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written, God's spirit is on me. He He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. He sent me to announce pardon to prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the burden and battered free to announce This is God's year to act. So let's look at this passage, okay? Um, The the scripture before this, or the passage before this, um, Jesus is in the wilderness right after being baptized. Remember when he was baptized, there was this encounter, and uh, the Holy Spirit uh, fell, 
and the sky opened and the father spoke and said, you are my son chosen and marked by my love, the pride of my life. Um, it's the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. Um, He's being marked and shown that he's going to be releasing this message of good news and releasing this uh, understanding of who the Father really is and how much he loves and values his creation, humanity, and uh, really for us to see who we who we really are mirrored in Jesus. This is this whole understanding of present reality thinking is happening there, uh, and then Jesus moves into. Uh, the, the desert, it says that he was full of the Spirit. There was a, a, a burden that was, that was there uh, for him to go there. Um, it's interesting that it's in this moment where he's there in the wilderness and he's basically spending some time alone to get ready for what's about to take place. He's there for 40 days uh, that the accuser comes and starts bringing up different perspectives on things happening around him contrary to the father's perspective and how Jesus counteracts those negative perspectives or negative ways of seeing things, the seeing things through brokenness, seeing things that would possibly bring one to prominence. But from a broken perspective, Jesus replies to them with present reality thinking or replies to them <laughs> with understanding from the way that father sees them. And it's from this place of, uh, uh, compassionately with empathy and sympathy looking into what's about to take place and there's passion burning on the inside of him and it's fueling agape he's now in the power of the holy spirit coming to the place where he was born and raised he goes to the temple and, you know, it's customary that when a teacher shows up that they allow him to, to speak and to teach to the people. He gets up, they give him the scroll of Isaiah and he finds um, that passage from Isaiah. And I'm, I want to read it to you from uh, the mirror translation. It's verse 18. He says, he opened the scroll and rolled it out in order to find the specific place where the following was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to announce glad tithings to a starving people, he has commissioned me to announce the freedom of forgiveness to, to those held captive at spear point by their guilt and shame also. The blind may now look up and be restored in their sight. I am anointed to send out those who are bruised and traumatized into the freedom of their redeemed innocence. I announce that the Jubilee year of the Lord has come. This is the liberation celebration of the Lord embracing humanity home. Okay, so, so Jesus, full of compassion, empathy, full of a stirring in agape, comes out of the wilderness and be, begins to share the good news that was found in Isaiah and says, it's here. Okay, it's here. And so we just celebrated Pentecost a few weeks ago, and it's, it's, the, uh, it's the celebration of the beginning of the church. The Holy Spirit falls, and there's this crazy encounter, and it begins to launch things. And where Jesus said, greater things you shall do uh, because there's more of you. Uh, so basically the launch of, of, of Jesus or the church 
as Jesus into the world begins, and so there's there's more of him to spread this good news happens. And and we look at the word dunamis and power in the spirit, and we think that that power is is for feel-good moments and goosebumps and, and signs, wonders, and miracles, and, and all those things take place in moments like this. But the reality of it is the power of the spirit is for the announcement of freedom. That's what the power of the spirit is for. And... That's really the message of the church, the message of freedom for those who are uh, broken, poor, that, are, that feel like they're prisoners, that feel like they're blind, that they're burdened and they're battered. That is the announcement. That is what the power of the Holy Spirit is for, is to announce this good news, that this is God's moment to act in our lives. And the foundation for the power of the Holy Spirit, if you want to know how how do we flow in the power of the Spirit, how do we flow in this, how do we do this, the foundation for it is agape. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness to reflect, to look, and his empathy and compassion and his passion for humanity rose. It grew. It was exploding. And it was all from agape. And so we have to start with agape. If we want to flow in the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to start with agape. And we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13. And I know we've been looking from Luke, but I, I want us to get a, a, an understanding of, of really who is, uh, who, who is this message, this, 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 this Jesus? Who is he? Well, it's 1 Corinthians 13. He's 1 Corinthians 13. He exudes 1 Corinthians 13. So let's read 1 Corinthians 13. Let's start with verse 1. He says, If I were to speak with eloquence and earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would, re- would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing, more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains but have never learned to love, then I'm nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Love is large and incredibly patient. Let's read that again. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous. When blessing comes to someone else, love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Let's read that one again. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as a defeat, for it never gives up. It's interesting that that the beginning of 1 Corinthians uh, 13 shows like all the actions that come out of 
the gospel or the good news, right? The, the things that we can kind of put our hands on, right? And, and the author is basically saying, you can do all those things, but man, if, if there's nothing in you that is, as, is there's, if, if the things that you do isn't coming from the place of love, then they're just stuff that you're doing. And really, it's not doing anyone good because eventually what's going to happen is you're going to continue to prophesy. You're going to continue to speak in other tongues. You're going to continue to give yourself or give things away to the poor. But because there's no love attached, it's not going to have any lasting effect. But the moment you move in love, like it says here in verse 4, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. It does not brag about one's achievement nor inflates its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly lack, seeks or nor selfishly seeks its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what's wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. And love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. The moment our actions are based in that is the moment, is the moment that we see true transformation and change in the lives of other people. Because let's just be honest. Let's just be honest, right? This works when it's organic. And it's a connection when we love our neighbors the way we want to be loved, right? When we love our neighbors the way we've been taught to love, right? That's when this begins to work. This is the reality of what it's like to move in the good news. We can do all kinds of good stuff for people, but if it's not based in love, it's just simply going to die out. And we're going to wear ourselves out. And we're going to wear other people out because they're going to see right through us. And so my challenge for you today is that, that if you want to move in the Spirit, if you want to hear the Spirit, if you want to walk in power, then first start with love. Because if you're not doing it in love, and you're not responding in love, and you're not acting in love, then you are anti-love. And if you're anti-love, then you're anti-Christ. I'm going to say that again. If you're not acting in love and doing things from love, then you're anti-love and you're anti-Christ. You're anti what Christ is doing in the earth. So take a few moments before you post something on Facebook. Take a few moments before you respond to somebody that you're having a conversation with. Take a few moments before you see your neighbor and think of them anything less than how the Father sees them. Are you responding in love? Are you doing what it says here in 1 Corinthians 13? Because 1 Corinthians 13 is, is really explaining who Jesus really is, who's supposed to be a reflection of who we really are. So this is a reflection of this is who we are to be. God is love. Love is God. We are created in his image, so therefore we should be love. So we should be acting this out and doing this from this place. The power of the Holy Spirit is for nothing less than to announce freedom. And the only way you can announce freedom to someone else is if you actually love them. I'm going to say that one more time. The power of the Holy Spirit is for the announcement of freedom. And the only way you can operate 
and announce freedom is if you start with love. The only way someone's going to receive freedom is if you actually love them. It's going to be the place where you can be a safe place or a shelter because you believe the best in other people. What does that mean? That you, you see them how the Father sees them, created in His image. That's where we start. And to not do that, I want you to understand me, to not do that is anti-love. It's anti-Christ. Everybody right now, so much stuff going around. The Antichrist, the mark of the beast, ooga booga. <laughs> it's all nonsense because that's not, what, that's not what Scripture talks about when it talks about Antichrist. Okay? If you're not operating in love, you're anti-love and you're anti-Christ. So, in the words of prophets from the 1980s, if you don't check yourself, you're going to wreck yourself. <laughs> if you're not operating in love, man, you're going to wear yourself out, you're going to wear others out, and you're going to wreck yourself. And it's not going to be fun. Um... A lot of you know that one of my favorite artists is Bob Dylan. And he wrote a song. And uh, it's funny. You know, back in November, I was praying. I was trying to figure out, like, what, what are we going to do in 2020? Like, what is it? You know, and I was trying to think, like, what's one word, one phrase, one thing? And, man, it was just, you know, the old phrase, the heavens are brass. I wasn't hearing anything. And I, I just... And the one thing that was happening, and maybe I just wasn't paying attention, was I was listening to a whole lot of Bob Dylan. I was listening to a whole lot of music from the 60s. I was listening to these protest songs. I was listening to these songs uh, about just the outcry of the broken and the hurting and some of the responses. I was reading up on the Jesus movement that was happening in those times. We even talked about that some. We talked about Jesus as being the revolution, and we talked about how that revolution's base was love. We talked about that in, in November. Lindsay and I even went and saw Bob Dylan at that time, and, and I, you know, um, it was from that season, you know, afterwards that we kind of, the elders and, and I kind of met, and we, we talked about, like, what we were going to do. Uh, in 2020 from that on out. And I had a bunch of plans and a bunch of thoughts. And basically, everybody was like, hey, listen, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff here, but really, wh what are we good at? And that's 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 being a family. And so we kind of took that direction in January and February where we just kind of just, hey, we're going to hang out as family and we're going to discuss things and we're going to talk about things. And, and it really prepared us for all this stuff that's happening now, meeting online, connecting this way, and 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 and, and trying to re to relate, drawing closer together. Um, so I really believe that there was something happening uh, at the end of the year from the prophet Bob Dylan. <laughs> but his song "Blowing in the Wind." I want you to listen to these lyrics. This is what we're closing with. Okay, we're closing with Bob Dylan. <laughs> but it says, "How many roads must a man walk down?" 
before you call him a man? Yes, and how many seas must a white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand? Yes, and how many times must the cannonballs fly before they're forever banned? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. And how many years can a mountain exist before it's washed to the sea? Yes, and how many years can some people exist before they're allowed to be free? Yes, and how many times can a man turn his head pretending he just doesn't see? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. And how many times must a man look up before he can see the sky? Yes, and how many ears must a man have before he can hear people cry? Yes, and how many deaths will it take till he knows that too many people have died? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Now, in no way, shape, or form am I going to try to say that uh, how I interpret this song is how Bob Dylan interprets the song. It's not. Uh, the one thing that I love about Bob Dylan and really uh, love about really awesome poets is they write things and they say what you feel when you read this, that's what it means. Okay. So when I read this, what I hear is here is different examples of people who are looking for freedom. They're broken. They're oppressed. They're hurting. And the question is, what's the answer? And the chorus says, the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. And so if you're a Christian, um, the word wind stands out to you, especially the phrase blowing in the wind. That sounds like the move of the Spirit. The answer is in the Spirit. The answer is in the Spirit. And how do we hear answers in the spirit how do we flow in the power of the spirit how do we move in the power of the spirit how do we how do we announce freedom right the power of the spirit is for the announcement of freedom how do we do that the answer is an agape we have to start with agape because love is the final answer and the harsh reality is this if we're not about love we're anti-love and we're anti-christ we're anti what he is trying to do in the earth. And I know that's not you. I know you want to flow in love. I know you want to move in love. And so my encouragement for you today is to look at this announcement that Jesus makes in Luke chapter 4 and tie it into 1 Corinthians 13 and see how the announcement of freedom flows from agape, real love, love, for others, like you want to see yourself loved, right? We are encountering the Father and we're learning day in, day out what it, what real love is, right? Because God is love. We're learning about it day in, day out. Hopefully you're taking time to do that. You're spending some time with the Father to encounter that love for it can change you and change your heart so you can not only love Him, but also love yourself. And out of that, turn and see others and love them. And when that heart connection is made with your neighbor, when that agape begins to happen, guess what? From your mouth, full of the power of the Spirit, you begin to announce freedom. So the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The Holy Spirit is speaking. Do you hear it? Do you hear it? And if you hear it, if you hear it, let me tell you something. You're brave enough. You are. You're brave enough to answer it and do it. 
you can do it. You are, you are a freedom fighter. You are the son and daughter of Agape. You are a hope dealer. Yes, you, wherever you're at right now, wherever you're sitting, standing, maybe you're in your car, wherever you're at listening to this right now, you, son, daughter of Agape, are a hope dealer. And you are here for such a time as this to announce, for the power of the Holy Spirit, freedom. Freedom to those that are oppressed and hurting and broken. Yes, you can do that. And you don't have to look to do it in some place. You don't have to go somewhere far away. Start right now in your home and in your neighborhood. You go be agape in your neighborhood. You go be agape in your home. You go be agape at work and watch freedom happen. It's legit. Okay? So thank you guys for tuning in today. Thank you guys for hanging with us. Go be hope. Be a hope dealer. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, check out our webpage. It's wearehopecommunity.com. Peruse some of the things that we got going on there. There's a blog, some more media. Um, there's a place to give if you would like to. Um, you can check out some other services that we have got. Um, but more importantly, we'd love to hear from you. And there's a place where you can just write a question, shoot us an email, whatever. We'd love to hear from you. You can also check out our Facebook page and our Instagram. Uh, you can connect to us, connect with us through those as well. But thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember that you are valuable beyond measure.